project resume can make your medical coding dreams come true. From resumes to interview skills to navigating a successful career, Project Resume has the advice you need from coders you can trust. See all that we have to offer at projectresume.net. Please make sure to reference Medical Coding Geek when you place your order. Do you need a specialized recruitment partner to send you only qualified candidates? Do you need interim staff while you conduct a search for a permanent employee? Or are you losing hires to competitors? Renowned Talent recruits experienced HIM, RCM, and CDI professionals using their trusted candidate screening and retention process for health systems and employers around the U.S. Whether you have one or multiple openings that you need to fill ASAP, please visit Renowned Talent. And tell them you heard this ad through the NEC podcast. Again, visit RenownTalent, R-E-N-O-W-N, Talent.com, and tell them you heard this ad through the NEC podcast. You are listening. You are listening. You're listening to. Do not to not elsewhere. Not elsewhere. 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 Classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not Also Classified podcast. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. This month, our podcast reached the top 30 podcasts in the career category in Apple Podcasts. So I do want to thank all the listeners from the last episode with Stacy Buck and also the listeners from the AAPC Facebook group. So for those that have listened and are currently listening, please leave our show a five-star rating and a review. You can find us on social media, including Facebook and Instagram. You can find Medical Coding Geek and Not Also Classified on social media, including Facebook and Instagram. You can check out our Facebook groups by going to medicalcodinggeek.com services. And while you're there, if you need a speaker or need somebody to help promote your brand, service, or product, please reach out to us. And of course, you can find me, Brian Kui. My last name is spelled C-U-I on LinkedIn. So today in the podcast, I have Blue Garcia from her YouTube channel, Medical Coding with Blue, spelled B-L-E-U. So in this two-part interview, Blue shares her journey from delivering phone books to getting unemployed to finally becoming a medical coder and then deciding to create a YouTube channel. So without further ado, here is my interview with Blue Garcia. Enjoy. Let's start it all over again. All right. Um, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not Also Classified podcast. Today on the podcast, I guess for me and my quest in starting a YouTube channel, I've actually uh, reached out to another YouTuber. Uh, the last one that I had was Victoria Mole, but I'm actually reaching out to another medical coder YouTuber by the name of Blue Garcia. Blue, how are you today? I'm great. All right. I'm happy to be here. So... Um, if you don't know her channel, uh, it's uh, Blue Gar- Co- Medical Coding with Blue. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I, I always wanted to <laughs> <laughs> do the clap. Do the clap and start. So um, the reason why I'm clapping, unless you watch her channel, you, you'll get understanding. But um, 
I've always wanted to do that. I was like, yes, start the channel uh, or start start the video. But in this case, let's start the podcast. Uh, so the we this is the first time that we're talking and we've connected. Yeah. We've connected before, but I, I like I mentioned earlier, I wanted to share how I found you. And okay. and and most of my guests, what I do is I actually, I guess to to bring them onto the podcast, they they either reach out to me, but most of the time, sometimes I will reach out and and say, hey, you're interesting, come on my podcast. Um, well, but I feel this, so honored. <laughs> <laughs> but this had to go a while back, a while back uh, when I first started uh, Medical Coding Geek uh, and started to do the social media. One of them being Instagram. Uh, at med at med coding geek what's your um what's your instagram medical coding with blue medical coding with blue yes so the the way it i I guess i stumbled upon you uh medical Mm -hmm. coding with blue uh Mm -hmm. i when i started doing posts uh for Mm -hmm. medical coding geek it was usually just for comedic purposes and every time I post something, uh, I knew, I guess I learned how to use hashtags. And so right. with every post, I put a slew, like a, like the, the most that a post can handle. I don't know how many I would put, but I would put <laughs> hashtag medical coding, hashtag medical coder, hashtag medical coding building encoder, hashtag ICD-10, ICD-10 PCS, uh, AHIMA, <laughs> AAPC, Agdis, a whole uh, um, health information management, health information technology, health information uh, whatever and so it would just <laughs> the line would go so long and right. and what i what i do with those hashtags is well i guess for my strategy with the hashtag is just to get my presence there with uh, at least for medical coding and so i re- mm-hmm. i would regularly check the hashtag to see I guess for selfish purposes, if I'm on the top, <laughs> like I'm, I'm there. Okay, I'm positioned correctly. All right, so I'm using this hashtag. Uh, great. But when I look at medical coding or I think it was ICD-10, right, I would not only find myself, but I would initially also find you amongst it with others. But but one of the things that I saw that you're doing was posting your yourself um, right. with your fashionista, yes. <laughs> with your, with your yes, clothes, like this is what I'm going to work. <laughs> So, yes. So I would find you uh, modeling your clothes before you go to work. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's a good angle uh, <laughs> of promoting medical coding. Like, you know, like uh, for, for us, I think the, the, the new idea is infotainment and yes. uh, doing it a different angle. I think just sharing the lifestyle of right. those that are involved with medical coding is great. So that's how I saw that. But later on, I started to see you doing a uh, YouTube channel. And I'm like, wait, isn't that the girl from Instagram, the, the woman, the professional, the lady uh, from Instagram that, that was modeling her outfits before she went to work? I'm like, yeah, that's her. And so I, I subscribed and I'm like, OK, let me let me see how she's doing, because at the time I, I, you know, the idea of starting a YouTube channel was like, you know, in the back of my head. But I'm like in study mode. I was in research, you know, uh, mode. I would watch yeah. you and I'm like, geez, you, you will talk about it today, but you've blown up your channel immensely um, within the past year, of course, with 2020, <laughs> because of course you yes. got nothing else to do except for doing videos. But you've, uh, if you get, right. if you check out our uh, YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash medical coding with blue. Um, yeah. We'll talk about this, but she, she does Monday through Friday videos. And so I have tons of questions about 
how she creates this content, uh, how <laughs> she is consistent with this content, uh, and and just other just a whole bunch of other questions. So, um, you know, there are people who do like you know to me thinking to myself. I'm like, boy, once a week sounds reasonable. But then I see you popping out five videos, <laughs> five videos a week, 30 minutes, uh-huh. at least 30 minutes long. I'm like, man, right. like that, that, I, I, it, 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 it blows my mind. So, um, again, thank you for being here. I'm going to ask you tons of questions. But uh, the first question I'm I ready. always... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I'm ready. Bring it on. <laughs> so the first question that I ask uh, is, where did you come from and how did, you, how did you get to where you are today? Okay, so how I began my journey was I was unemployed and I went to the workforce office and they have all kinds of classes that you have to go to, like, you know, how to write a resume and how to present yourself in an interview. Mm-hmm. And then one of them was, uh, we will retrain you. We will pay for you to go to school. And so I said, okay, well, and they had all kinds of like programs that you could do like uh, cosmetology and plumbing. And one of them uh, was accounting and then medical coding. Well, I didn't know anything about medical coding. All I thought medical coding was, was needles and being, you know what I mean? Like poking people. No, that's not me. (laughs) You know, I don't deal with blood. I don't do any of that. So (laughs) I said, well, let me, uh, let me go for accounting because I'm a numbers whiz. I like Mm -hmm. numbers. And I've always been really good with numbers. So I went to my case manager and he was like, uh, why don't you try medical coding? And I said, oh, no, I don't I don't do needles. No, that's not me. And he's like, no, no. And he explained what it was. Mm -hmm. And it was just reading and then going through and and getting the diagnosis and procedure codes for statistical purposes or for insurance. And so I was like, "Okay, well, that sounds interesting. And so he just told me, well, look into it and see if you like it, if not you know, we'll put you in the accounting program. Okay. So I went and I, and I checked it out and I talked to three different schools and the lady at the third school was very informative and she was very helpful because I didn't know anything. I don't mm-hmm. know anything. Mm-hmm. And so she explained everything and she's like, it's, it's a lot of reading. And so if you like to read, then this is probably going to be for you. Well, I'm a bookworm. So, <laughs> you know, and so I was like, okay, well, you know, let me go ahead and, and try to get into this. So I started getting into it and then it just like, I mean, everything just kind of came together. So it was more of, you know, let me try this new field because I wanted to originally be an attorney. That was what mm, I wanted to be okay. when I was little, but uh, I was going through a transition at that time. Uh, so it was like, okay, well, uh, you know, if they're going to pay for me to go to school, well, I'm going to go ahead and, and go for it. And so I got out of school quickly. I made it through the program in six months. Wow. And then I uh, was looking for a job. I couldn't find a job. <laughs> of course. And that's a problem that medical coders go through a lot in the beginning right. is they, you know, everybody wants experience, but how are you supposed to get experience if no one will hire you? Right. So that was where it was like, kind of like, oh, so I went back to the school and I asked the principal, like, can you help me? Is there some place I can go? You know, and so he put me in contact with his friend who owned a temporary agency. And that was how I got my first job. Mm. And I was working at the Cancer Therapy Research Center. And I was working on oncology coding. And that was my first taste of being a medical coder. Nice. So it just went from there. And that position led me to another position that I had to move away 
from mm. home on, and uh, that was very difficult. And uh, but it it led me to where I am today, which is working for a very large hospital, and I'm very proud <laughs> of all the good work that I've done there. So, uh, but yeah, and it led me here, and being here is where I really grew up. I think would be a good way to say it because going through this whole process of learning medical coding and transitioning at the time and going through um, personal things, you know, I was going through a divorce mm. and then um, my mom had passed away when I moved here. Mm. So it was a very hard transition time in my life. And I share a lot of it on my <laughs> YouTube channel. Right. Uh, but I, I had gone through that period and going through that time, it was just all at once. So really, medical coding turned into an escape, <laughs> mm, yes. uh, if you will. Mm -hmm. And that was how I was able to get through, you know, the process of going through those losses and, and just my whole life changing. Because I was literally only a coder for maybe eight months before I moved here. Mm -hmm. And so really going through that time, I was like, this is, it's just so much. And just being able to dive into medical coding was really kind of what got me through. And... Then fast forward a few years later, when we start to get into ICD-10 mm -hmm. and everybody's, you know, having to step up on the learning yep. and step up on, you know, going through all these things. I went to conference in 2014. That was the first year I'd ever gone to conference for AHIMA. And, you know, AHIMA, if you've ever been to a conference for them, they have these wonderful big parties and, you know, these wonderful <laughs> conferences. And it was so much fun. And that was the first time I'd ever gone. And it was in San Diego. Oh, nice. Yes. And so uh, I saw Casey and the Sunshine Band. That was mm. part of the uh, <laughs> the festivities. And just being able to hear about, you know, the new changes that were coming and all these other things and leadership classes. It was so much fun packed into one little, little week, you mm -hmm. know. And I was like, wow, you know, being able to learn this and, and go to these places and meet all these people, because I met so many incredible people that it just really opened my eyes to like, there's more to this than just looking at the record and coding it out. It's, you know, being around different people and learning. Great. And it's a constant learning process and sharing that with everyone else when I came back uh, was really awesome as well, because the quality of my uh, specificity <laughs> got a lot better because I knew more just by spending a little bit more time going to these conferences and, and investing a little bit more in myself when it came to learning. So that was what I learned. <laughs> and that was when I had my aha moment in, in 2014. I talk about that. Mm -hmm. uh, when it went from you know, just being a job to actually being a career and being something I became passionate about. Mm -hmm. And then in 2015, when ICD-10 was implemented, then it was just like, I get this. I get the injury coding. I get the sequela. I get <laughs> I get all of this. That it was, it, I saw my peers, you know, have a hard time with the injury coding. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, well, it's this way, this way, this way, this way. And they're like, Blue, you're such a good teacher. Mm -hmm. You know, you really should think about teaching. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you know, in the future, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you brush, uh, no, that's, uh, you, you brush it yeah. to the side. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't really, I kind of put that in the back of my head. Like that wasn't really what I was into at the time. It was mm -hmm. more like, okay, I'm 
really discovering coding and mm. it's really, you know, sticking, you know, with me very well. So, uh, it was a, a few couple of years ago, actually in 2018 that I was walking the track and I uh, was talking with my friend. She's like, you know, you really explained this. I helped her with something. She had a question in her clinic and I had helped her break it down and I was explaining to her how to get to it. And I can't even remember what it was, but I know it was not injury coding. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it was something having to do with uh, internal medicine clinic. And I had done internal medicine clinic before. And so she's like, you know, you really should think about teaching. You really should think about like being a coach or something. And I said, you know, I think I should look on YouTube. I should be a YouTuber. Mm. <laughs> and that's how it all got started. <laughs> nice. So nice. Yeah. So um, going back to the beginning, uh, if you don't mm -hmm. mind me asking, you said you were unemployed. Before that, what were you yeah. doing? Um, I was actually delivering phone books. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, see, back then, before like all the cell phones and everything came out, oh, there geez. was all of these. Yeah, I'm really dating myself yeah. now. Uh, <laughs> so the phone books were really big at the time. And this was in like 1998. I was 18 years old. Wow. You know? And <laughs> so, you know, uh, my mom and I would travel uh, all over Texas. We would go to Oklahoma and Arkansas mm -hmm. and different big cities mm -hmm. would have their phone book deliveries at different times. Right. So we would just be there delivering or I would work in the office, you know, and then my mom would be out, you know, uh, running her own team. And, you know, that was how, you know, we did it. And it was so much money back then mm -hmm. just doing that. And I mean, talk about, you know, travel and, you know that I mean it was weird because it's like you deliver phone books and you travel doing this. Yes, <laughs> that's <interesting>. absolutely. <laughs> that's what we did. And so you know, my mom and I was stood out because mostly it was men that were doing phone books because it's like it's a very hard job. You know, you're you're schlepping around, mm -hmm. you know, twenty thirty pound bags. You know, <laughs> mm -hmm. and and then it wasn't until a few years later that you know we had done it for so long and. You know, and then the cell phones were coming out and right. it was like, you know, phone books became less and less and less. Yeah. And then the, the money was like getting lower and lower and lower because more people were doing it. And then we just stopped. And so it was just like, OK. And then they were like, OK, well, you know, you're all laid off because it was seasonal. It was right. seasonal work considered seasonal because every every big city has different months that their books come out. So. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> that is so interesting. And so yeah. from there, you you got trained uh, within six months. Yes. Um, yes. How how far or how how soon after you finished the six month training that you got certified? And what did you get certified in? Oh, I got my uh, certified coding associate with okay. AHIMA. OK, nice. Really? And after six yeah. months and then you got the CCA? Uh, yeah, I got a CCA. So. Amazing. Uh, I, uh, let's see, well, it was a couple months after mm -hmm. I finished the program that I sat for my certification. So mm -hmm. yeah, I got it in February. It was February of 2008. Wow. I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. And then you went into oncology and, yes. um, aside from oncology, 
I mean, I'm just looking at your channel and you're telling me oncology and you're just talking about everything about medical coding. What other specialties, um, sounds like an interview question for a job, but what other, <laughs> what other specialties aside from oncology have you encountered or have you dealt with? Okay, so I did profi coding okay. at my next job. Hmm. And uh, I did um, I did internal medicine. I did psychology. I did, hmm. um, let's see, what else did I do? Gastro, mm -hmm. cardio, mm -hmm. neuro, psych. Well, I already said psych. Mm -hmm. um, I did urology. I did uh, pulmonary. Wow. I've done orthopedics and podiatry, obviously, rheumatology. I've done the ER, I've worked, let's see, where else? I've done PT and OT, mm -hmm. I've done family practice wow. coding as well, <laughs> I've done TBI coding, mm -hmm. uh, so <laughs> yeah, I, I pretty much, you name it, I've done it. I think the only one I haven't done is radiology. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I heard so, that that one's tough. Um, so when you, yeah. so with those specialties, I, I guess a question that I have for those mm -hmm. that, because uh, I, I, I myself, my background is uh, CDI. Um, mm -hmm. I've done inpatient. So I've done all the specialties within that realm. But as far mm -hmm. as profi, like how, how easy is it for you to uh, jump from one specialty to the next? Uh, it was, it, I mean, it wasn't hard at all. Really? I mean, for me, it was just like once I wrapped my head around what profi meant because i didn't know what it was mm -hmm. they they told me when i first got to my second job they were like we're gonna we want to put you in a clinic but nobody wants to do this clinic do you think you'd be okay with it i go hey man i just moved here i'm eight <laughs> hours away from home and i don't care where you put me i have mm -hmm. a job so Good. i you know bring it on and mm -hmm. so they were like okay well and it wasn't hard to me because i didn't know to be scared of it you know it was inpatient rules it was inpatient. The patient was inpatient, mm -hmm. but it's outpatient rules. Right, so it was just right, like, right. okay, I mean, I, I can wrap my head around that. Mm -hmm. And so it was just like, okay. And they go, well, you have all of these specialties to do. So I was like, oh, <laughs> the one I did not like was mom and baby. Oh, that was yeah, the yeah. one I hated. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. when I first started, I did not like mom and baby, really? <laughs> but no, now I'm okay with it, you okay. know, which is one of the other specialties i've done it i forgot to mention but yeah <laughs> yeah i i um i when i did inpatient um the same thing i i guess you know you when you when you start doing inpatient cases uh the mm -hmm. specialties just come at you uh you know yes. uh, ortho neuro icu critical care uh trauma um stroke unit uh open heart amputations i mean they just come at you you know especially if you if you get into the right hospital system that that is uh, yeah. specialized and has uh multi-system so uh you mentioned mom and baby uh, to me from the inpatient side that was for the baby it was it was kind of easy to learn for me and also you know surprisingly with for me as a guy ob was was something that i was good at <laughs> yeah i was i mean babies were not bad mm. but moms when i was doing it in icd nine times were horrible mm. you know so you know yeah i just i mean to me that wasn't my favorite you know i liked internal medicine i liked you know psych I liked those better than, you know, moms, but, you know. <laughs> right, right. And so you talk about um, teaching, which which never crossed your mind. But I, I guess 
because I, I have a background in teaching as well. And so mm-hmm. I'll share with you is like somebody, you know, I used to work uh, at a private um, college. And mm-hmm. the, the, the story goes that I actually went there um, to the admissions office to apply for another bachelor's, like biomedical science or something like that. I'm like, you know, this, let me try something new. And so I decided to go to this college, the admissions, and and I put down, you know, my my application, Brian Kui, at the time, R-H-I-A. And so I finished the, the um, whatever, the admissions, you know, the thing, the the showing of the program, and I left. I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to spend any extra money. <laughs> but then I, I get a call a couple weeks later, and he says, um, hi, this is the dean of the school. <laughs> like, why are you calling me? I'm not interested in going to your school. I said, well, <laughs> I noticed on your application you put an RHIA, and so we have an actual teaching position <laughs> for, for, for our health information technology program, and we just got a dean for the program, and we we're looking to see if you're interested. And I'm like, oh, okay. So what's surprising is that the dean that they hired for that program was the program director of the HIM program at the university I went. So when I first got into HIM, I met her. And so when I got into this new teaching position, well, guess who was my boss? (laughs) She was my my boss. And I say that on my channel a lot, too. There's five degrees of separation Mm -hmm. in the HIM medical coding field. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah, I, I just got off of um, uh, a LinkedIn chat uh, today, just today. Uh, somebody is about to graduate with their RHIT. And so they came to me asking questions. I listened to, you know, uh, you know, on your on your group and, and the podcast. And, uh, you know, they gave me the same question, I think, which is the reason why you, you start YouTube channels, because you don't want to repeat and answer the same questions, right? You just want to put it there and like, hey, this is my video. Check this out. Right. Um, but anyways, the the it's the same dilemma is where, at least for this one, I might as well just share it here since we have the time. Um, yeah. her, her situation is she's 41. Um, she is an HR generalist, right? Making good money. Uh, she's about to finish her RHIT, about to take her test. And so you know what the questions would be. It's like, okay, uh, as soon as I finish... Um, you know, I know every, you know, she understands that, you know, in order for her, wherever she applies, it asks for two to three years of experience. Um, she's, she's opened up her options a bit, you know, she's, she, her goal is medical coding, but I think her true goal, uh, is something in analytics data, healthcare data analytics. You know, I, I get that, I get that, uh, request a lot. And, uh, she says, well, you know, I'm making good money in HR, but I, 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 I just don't see myself, you know, lowering her pay grade, you know, in order for her to move up in her career. And so I typed down, I said, look, that's a decision you need to make. <laughs> that's a, that's a, right. it's a tough decision. Uh, right. it, you got to look at it two ways. You got to look at it from the, are, are you looking at it short term or are you looking at it? long term. And so I, you know, and then she's questioning me, like, where do I begin? I said, well, um, and I, I, I had to scroll really quick on through her LinkedIn profile. And I saw that she did patient registration. She was a outpatient clinic manager. I'm like, hello, <laughs> like you, you already, you're there. You're, you're, yeah. it's in front of you. And, and right. so like I told her, you don't necessarily have to go straight to coding to get to coding. 
I mean, you have already the stuff that you have resources there. You work in a pediatric hospital. You work in HR. Uh, She says she knows Epic. I'm like, hello, (laughs) you you have already the basic stuff. So what are you worrying about? I think the worry is that she she doesn't want to make less than what she's making now, considering that she has a family, etc. Right. Let's take a moment for a quick break. Looking for a convenient, cost-effective solution for interventional radiology coding training? Check out Cracking the IR Code, Mastering Interventional Radiology and Cardiology Coding Online Education, created by interventional radiology coding expert Stacy Buck of RadRx. This comprehensive online training offers access to content for one year, Q&A support available during your one-year enrollment period, hundreds of coding scenarios, and actual operative reports. What are you waiting for? It's time to earn that specialty credential. Go to RadRx for additional testimonials and information, and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing. Again, go to RadRx and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing. The Haugen Consulting Group offers healthcare consulting, education, and auditing services utilizing a team of industry experts specializing in leadership, project management, and assessments for HIM and patient access. Their auditors and educators are experts in facility and professional fee coding and offer education for ICD-10-CM, PCS, CPT, HIM, patient access, and revenue cycle. The Haugen Consulting Group is thrilled to be a partner with MedicalCodingGeek.com and the Not Also Classified podcast. Go to thehaugengroup.com slash shop and use promo code GEEK15 at checkout to receive a discount on webinars and desk aids. Again, go to thehaugengroup, H-A-U-G-E-N group.com slash shop and use our promo code GEEK, G-E-E-K-1-5 at checkout. And now back to our show. Well, I mean, that's 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 a valid, really a valid uh, thought, right? Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, how much am I going to lose? Mm-hmm. But you cannot expect to start in a brand new career field at the pay salary that you're already at. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if she's had a st- time to establish herself in that position that she's in. Mm-hmm. Naturally, she's going to make more money than when she first started. So if you're wanting to start in medical coding mm-hmm. and be at the same pay scale that you're at right now, that's not a that's not really like a good way to think about mm-hmm. it. Because yes, and do I make more now than when I first started? Heck yes. Mm-hmm. Every single position that I've had has paid me more than the last one. Yeah. And it did not take me long. Yeah. I literally had the uh, the oncology position and then I had my second position and then I had the position that I'm in now and every single one was higher than the last one yep. I mean and it wasn't by just you know a little bit it was by a good amount yeah so you know because of that it's just like when people sort of think about like that's their sole focus is the money and and I talk about this on my channel too you can't solely focus on the money the money is there mm-hmm. you just cannot expect it right out of the gate yeah yeah. And when I see people talk about like, okay, medical coders started this amount of money, that literally makes me crazy yeah, because yeah. they say these insanely high numbers and this is what people are expecting. <laughs> and so it's just like, 
you set people up for failure when you do mm-hmm. that because there are people who get into this solely because of the money. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, they could relatively make that within years, mm-hmm. but you're not going to make that mm-hmm. right out of the gate. Yeah. And for somebody to say that, that's, that's uh, for the exact reason why I do not talk about specific dollars mm-hmm. on my channel. But when people ask me about that, am I going to have to take a pay cut? Because I've gotten that question too yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from nurses. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> nurses yeah. Nurses yeah. are like, you know, do, do I have to take a pay cut? Medical coding, the medical coding field loves nurses because they're mm-hmm. really good for mm-hmm. CDI. That's how uh, hospitals see them. And they want them in those CDI positions because they know and they have established relationships already with doctors because a doctor will gravitate more towards a nurse than he will a medical coder unless that coder is very vocal <laughs> and, you know, they know what they're talking about. So that's the difference and so that's why facilities like you know these nurses to be in those positions but you know it takes time to work up to that that amount of money that they want yeah no i i told her you know it's like and i tell everybody it's baby steps i mean either you take you'll you'll take a step back but then you'll take some steps forward and and i think you know it's a matter of once you are at that scenario or at that um at that moment that you're you're not making money there are other ways to make money and i told her like look you can get you can do this whatever you're whatever you're pursuing medical coding whatever it is do that full-time do it during the day and then um then you can find a side hustle find something that can supplement your income for the short term and then from there, you'll just continually to move up. And she's like, okay, I get it. I, I just need some, I guess she needed somebody to talk to about this. And that's what the thing is with, with a lot of new medical coders out there. They need somebody to talk to. And yes. I think the YouTube channel is great. The podcast is great. Um, and and the fact that we're having conversations, you know, that I think yes. that's the thing that uh, we're doing now as a profession that we need to do more of. Uh, because we don't, right. I, I, even though there's a good handful of us, I feel, I feel myself, there's not enough. And that's why I tell people, right? especially that when they come to this podcast, I said, you need to create a podcast. You need to create a podcast. You need to create a YouTube channel because all the stuff that you're telling me, I think you should not just tell me and I just right. broadcast it out for everybody else. I think you, it should just come straight through you. And when it comes straight through you it's more genuine, you know, it's, 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 yeah. it's like from the, per, like, you know, people tell me, Oh, I tell people, you know, when they have a business, I mean, to me, like, I, I don't see any business model with this channel, right? It's just you, right? It's just you. <laughs> and which I appreciate because I see a lot of, you know, podcasts now, um, and YouTube channels, you know, they have a business model and, or something right. to promote before their their youtube channel or whatever their media is uh but when i created this podcast i had no intent like i just needed the same way the same way you you find medical coding as an escape that's what i was going to go to next right right um uh, i was at a point where in in my career as a cdi uh where you mentioned nurses i was in the the pigeonhole position where i'm a cd (laughs) i'm an him professional but i cannot find a another cdi another cdi position because they only required nurses. Well, I, I've been raising hell on LinkedIn. I've talked to Actus. I've talked yes. to uh, Ahima. And so I, we were making some progress, you know, unless I see something happen again, then I'll, then I'll, I'll speak up. But 
Um, yeah. I, I needed an outlet the same way you needed an outlet, uh, you know, whatever situations that you have in your life, uh, you found mm-hmm. medical coding. I found if I needed to talk to something about something, I could talk about what I do. And daily I was doing CDI and then I right. was doing um, webinars, right? I was doing webinars twice a week for one hour. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know what? And I, and, I, and I think during the time that I was doing webinars, I was like, I think I could add a little bit more personality to this. You know, it's it's kind of, you know, I just don't want to do the regular, you know, here's the PowerPoint presentation. This is the title of this presentation. Let's go to the next slide. I'm going to talk about this and then go to, you know, it's like, I, I don't want to do that. I seriously don't want right. to do it. I want to have a conversation. I want to talk. I want right. to have fun. And so that's the thing right. that's missing is the fun aspect. Anyways, I found podcasting. And the rest is history. So what I what I find when I do this podcast, which I'm sure you do, what you find doing in your YouTube channel is a lot of therapy. <laughs> You're just like letting everything out. And I think that it's inter- very cathartic. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It is so cathartic mm-hmm. because it's like when you like a lot of times when I'm saying these things and and sometimes people like I wonder, like, is this is this impacting anybody am i talking mm-hmm. to anybody mm-hmm. and then i'll get a message later on and it will be so heartfelt and i i can't tell you like there's been a couple of times when i've literally been brought to tears because wow. people are like oh my gosh blue you really helped me because i was about to quit i was gonna say i can't do this anymore and mm-hmm. i went and i found your channel just happened to be surfing around and mm-hmm. and i saw and i said you know what i can't give this up and and now I found a job or, you know, now I have a job because of you or I know this because of you. And it's just like that is so it's so touching. It's like, OK, that's why I do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. why I do this, because right. there has to be that sort of voice out there. There has to be somebody's voice out there, um, because a lot of times in, in especially in medical coding in the HIM field, it is a lot of you're doing your own research. Mm-hmm. And so when you find somebody who who you can ask or who can be like that subject matter expert, like you were talking about that it's like, okay, now, okay, I can go to this person and they'll know, or they'll know where to find the answer. You know, that's, that's what makes it all like, Oh, okay. (laughs) But it has to be, like you said, entertaining at the same time Yeah. because otherwise, you know, you're going to, you know, lose your audience. Exactly. That's, you know, it's uh, it, I, I, I try to stray away from the uh, glorified PowerPoint reading presentation. I'm like, I, I, I see it. I see it already. <laughs> I see it on the screen. Like, come on. Uh, yeah, and you don't have to read it to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I, I can read. I, 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 you know, I, 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 I myself, when I go to, you know, like a HEMA conventions or whatever, AAPC Actus. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily there for the content. I'm there for the speaker. And I, I want to see how dynamic they are, how they're yes. able to make a boring topic. <laughs> because yes. you know, medical coding essentially is a boring topic if it's just if, if, if you just read it out of the book. And I think it's up to us now, um, right. these new wave of professionals trying to make something that's boring more exciting. Uh, yeah. and so, you know, that's, that's, that's the, that's the wave that I want to promote. Like, you know, yourself and anybody that comes here, I'm like, look, let's make this con, let's make this a conversation. Let's make this interesting. Now, right. um, the teaching part. So I want to get into, you, you mentioned teaching. So mm-hmm. how did you find yourself realizing, you know, you, you mentioned, um, 
you mentioned talking with your friend, breaking things down, right? But when was the aha right. moment? Like, okay, I think I can, I can teach. I can consider myself a teacher. I, I, I consider myself an educator. When, when did that? When did you feel that happen? Well, it had it had been happening. I just hadn't been paying attention. Right. You know what I'm saying? So uh, after I had left the cancer therapy research center. And I went and I was working at my second position. Mm -hmm. And when I was when I was there, they were like, uh, I remember distinctly the day one of the doctors came in and was like, look, I don't understand this and neither do any of the residents. Mm -hmm. So which one of you coders in here is our (laughs) is our coder? And I was like, "Uh, that's me. He goes, "Okay, good. He goes, well, on Wednesday, we're going to have a a, um, what is it? It's not a round table. It's a. It's it's a meeting. It's in the morning. It's a morning meeting. And he's like, and we want you to present and I want it to be uh, on on E&M. So I was like, oh, okay. I said, well, yeah, I can do that. He's like, can you do it? I'm like, yeah, sure. He's like, okay, good. And he takes off and I'm like, okay, well, I guess I got to (laughs) do a presentation, you know, but I was just like, when I got there, I was like, oh my gosh, in this, this room, this was a teaching hospital Mm. too. So this room was filled with residents. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I get in myself? <laughs> but I was like, the only way that these these people are gonna listen to me is if if I entertain them. And that was exactly True. what I True. thought. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to bore them because mm-hmm. they're already all falling asleep. Because I had I was like the third speaker. So everybody was like, they were like you know, like I could see them falling asleep. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, if I, if I talk, I can't, I got to be natural about it. And I'm like, okay, cool, cool. I can do this. I can do this. So I, long story short, I, <laughs> I go through this presentation about e mm. and it was very, it was very lively, the conversation, right. because I was telling them, look guys, you know, I'm not going to sit here and try to bore you. I know this is, this is medical coding, but this is important for you guys to know because you don't know who your medical coder is going to be in your next place, wherever mm. you go from here. So this is why you have to know this stuff because otherwise you don't want to lose money for what you're doing. And so I got the conversation going and, and then at the end it was like crickets. I was like, Oh, and I said, uh, so if anybody has any questions, you know, you can, you can, you know, just come up and let me know later. It was oh, wow. like, it was literally like so many people around mm. me. I have a question. I have a question. I have a question. And it was the end of the meeting and I'm still standing there holding court and I'm like, okay, okay, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> so they were engaged. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. You good. know, and that's how you know that that can start. And so when you find people that are like, okay, I learned this from you. So it's like, okay. So it started to build my confidence because I enjoyed talking about it, mm. but keep in mind, I was still brand new. I was still, I mean, I didn't even have a year experience yet. Wow. And I was already talking <laughs> so well about it. So I was just like, you know, <laughs> but you know, when you, when you really like it, it's, it's, it, it just comes natural. It's yeah. not, uh, it's not a struggle. And I think people right. who struggle when they're teaching is because they don't really enjoy the mm-hmm. subject. Mm-hmm. And I think when you enjoy the subject, it makes it a lot easier to teach. Yes. And so after that, I would have meetings with some of the other providers. And then when I got to this facility here, um, we did have one provider who barked at everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally mm-hmm. barked at everybody and he had a reputation. So I was like, uh, I was like, they go, well, you got to help him. You got to help him blue. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> 
okay, uh, no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> and they go, if you can get through to him, you can get through to anybody. Mm. So I was like, okay. So I, I did happen to write him and I said, you know, sir, if, you know, when you have a moment, if you could please, uh, we can get together so we can talk about this and discuss it. He called the office. And so I was like, oh no. And then they were like, it's for you. It's for you. And I'm like, hello, this is blue. Can I help you? Very, very sure mm. of myself and mm. i was just like and he's like hello and then, so he's talking right and he's got a very thick accent but he's a very nice man and mm. he was so nice mm. the whole time and he was like i like how you explain this mm. and so he's explaining it back to me and he's like but i would like to meet with you and so i was like okay so <laughs> that was when i was able to have those other meetings because meeting him was the door opener for everybody else because no one else could get to any of the other providers without uh, his approval first. Wow. So he didn't want anybody in there until he knew that that coder was going to be like, okay, to answer all these questions. He goes, I don't want to hear. I don't know. He goes, I don't, I can't tell you how many times I've heard. I don't know. I don't mm -hmm. want to hear. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you got it. And, and I learned then you don't say, you, I don't know. Mm -hmm. You say, I need to do research. I need to yeah. find this out, mm -hmm. you know? So but having that, I was like, man, I enjoy this. I enjoy the teaching part. I enjoy the one-on-ones. I enjoy the classroom settings and making it not just a class, but like an event, you know, like they want mm, to come to this like class. An event. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what makes it more fun, I think. And, you know, special. <laughs> now, now that, um, that E&M session, was that your first ever like speaking teaching gig yes <laughs> so you yes. before that you were never you never were experienced to teaching in front of an audience speaking in front of an how, how did you prepare nope. well i mean i had done drama in high school oh, okay you know what i mean like that was like that was like the best i'd ever done and then you know it was drama in high school mm -hmm. and um everybody always said well you should be an actress you should be an actress mm -hmm. after high school mm -hmm. and so it's just like no i was having too much fun delivering phone books and, <laughs> and <laughs> traveling you know and just doing whatever mm -hmm. you know but that was that was what i did and and so i'm just naturally like when i relax around people then I come out of my shell mm. and I'm able to be more, you know, conversational with people. But I do get shy, believe it or not. Really? <laughs> yes, I do get shy when I first meet people. But whenever I relax, like I said, I, I'm normally able to really start to come out of my shell and start talking. So. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I, I relate with that because I, I just did a podcast episode with um with a, another guest uh, Jim Zellum and uh, I mentioned he asked, "Well, how how did you develop your leadership skills?" And I said, "Oh, well, I didn't I didn't know I had it." And so you know, in high school, I I was very quiet, but then all of a sudden, you're you're brought into college, and then you're forced like the same way with you, you were forced on the situation that you had to react, and so you know yeah. you had to come out of Perfect. your shell, yeah. yeah. And, and I think my my career has always been that as like you you know like yeah. like like going back to the going back to that um that that late the the person that I was talking about that she 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 knows she wanted to go to medical coding I didn't know what I wanted to do I didn't know I I, I hated medical coding but I felt like you know um <laughs> like like I, whatever whatever um 
whatever's thrown at me, I'll do it. But then when you get into it, you're you're slapped with a a dose of reality. And and every every situation, especially in college, I was hit with a dose of reality of of starting a cultural club uh, from the ground up. And then the next one was you know working for you know coming out of college, getting my RHIA, and then starting as a um, HIM director for a jail system. And so that was a smack of a, oh, like, wow. like, like a, you know, I talk about that in a previous podcast episode. And then CDI was the same way. I th- I was very intimidated and I actually do presentations about that and how like I, I I initially looked at CDI like the same way I hated coding. I, I had like CDI had a bad <laughs> taste in my mouth because because of the fact that they're are disagreements between the coder and the CDI. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want this. I don't, I don't want that. And now I look forward to conflict, like some form of, you know, disagreement, uh, some form of not argument, but like, you know, a discussion about a kid. Yeah. Discourse. discourse, Like, you know, like, yeah, I look for, I look toward that now as an auditor. And so I do clinical validation. I'm trying to look into doing appeals, all the stuff that, that people, you know, see as a conflict, as some something very rough. I'm like, I look forward to it now because I, yes. you know, when once you get control of it, I think, you know, you understand the situation from the bottom and all around. You you start to dive in a little bit more and you like appreciate it more. And so now, yes. like, you know, I'm like, OK, I, I get it now. So that's that's how pretty much it was. So that's that's the idea. We talked about uh, the teaching part. Right. So you mentioned yes. uh you know, I guess your colleague uh, or colleagues reaching out to you and saying, hey, you're a great teacher. You should begin teaching. And mm-hmm. um, what made you I know you looked at YouTube, but what made you occur to start doing YouTube channels, uh, YouTube videos? To be on a more on a more creative platform where there wasn't going to be like restraints about like what you what you can and can't say. Mm-hmm. And so I know when I do my research, I know, I know what I'm talking about. And so sometimes like, and like you say, like there's a, a disagreement between CDI and coders. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing when you have like any other situation, if you're, if you're going to be like uh, working at a college or whatever, if they have you working from a script, you know what I'm saying? Like you have to teach it this way and you oh, have to yep. show it this mm-hmm. way. So I wanted something where I could be a little bit more free yes. to be like, okay, well, you know, I'm, I can say whatever I want to say. And it's not just about like the coding. It's going to be everything about coding. It's going to be teaching people that medical coders are not just coders. They are the entire package. Mm-hmm. It is about being a leader. It is about being a good speaker. Mm-hmm. It is about being a good communicator. Mm-hmm. It's about all of these things rolled into one because people don't think this when they think about medical coders. Right. They think, oh, well, they're just a coder. They're in a, in a closet, you know what I mean? Like in the smallest portion of the hospital. Yep, they're in their cubicle. But it's, <laughs> right, in a cubicle. But it's more than that. It's, it is literally going to your provider, talking to them so that you can find out what they're doing because – some of them, they, they don't realize that they're doing more work until you start talking to them and getting it out of them. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, what, what does happen in a visit with you? Mm-hmm. And so then they start talking, like, where is this in your documentation? We don't see what's happening with you. 
and we don't we're not there in the room so we need to know this needs to be there well it's just common sense well you know the thing about common sense sir (laughs) (laughs) so i mean you have to be detailed and because i've been at them to be more detailed they're more detailed now and so just having that time and being there and and talking with them you know it does it does you know build that build those skills to be like okay um, if I can teach these guys, I can teach other people. And mm-hmm. I want to share the things that I know with other coders and other brand new coders who would never have had this information because no one ever told them. And no one ever said, how do you give a class? How do you give a class if you're a medical coder? Right. I've seen medical coders who who said, well, can you look over my slide deck uh, because I'm supposed to give a presentation? Okay, great. This slide deck is 60 pages. And I'm like, how long do you have for, for a class? Oh, it was, it's just 30 minutes. I go, uh, you need to cut this down to 10 pages. 10. 60 you, you don't have time for 60 pages. You know? Oh, my That gosh. is the worst. That is and horrendous. I'm like, yes. And I'm like, how do you – if no one trains to, to speak to providers as well mm. – that's another thing too. How do you speak to them? If they're if they're yelling at you, like how do you handle that? Like it's only for strong people, right? No. It's anybody because I'm a sensitive person. I don't like getting yelled at, but I've gotten yelled at numerous times. Mm-hmm. I've also turned it around where they're yelling and I can just stand there and they'll just they'll bring it down because I don't have to say anything now. Just my presence and my energy. I've learned to channel that. Like, okay, let's bring it down. You're at a 10. Let's bring it down to a two. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're, we're trying to be together. We're trying to be a partnership here. Right. Let's work together on yeah. this, you know? <laughs> so there you have it. That is part one of my interview with Blue Garcia. You can check out Blue on LinkedIn. Her YouTube channel is called Medical Coding with Blue. That's spelled B-L-E-U. And you can check her out on Instagram at Medical Coding with Blue. MedicalCodingGeek.com